Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning. It is damn near 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, February the 6th, 2019, and this is episode 59 of Bitcoin And. So, yeah, you know what I'm going to end up talking about. I'm not going to talk about it up front, but you know what's coming. You you can feel it in your bones. You can you can feel it all the way down to your little itty-bitty toes. Yes, I'm going to talk about it, but not right now. No, 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 no. Uh, right now, we're going to get into the morning roundup of a couple of stories that I did not bring you yesterday because I did not do a podcast yesterday. And um, <clears throat> so I'm going to correct that that teeny tiny mistake right now. So um, starting with, let's see. Uh, yeah, there's the Mount Gox is back, has been back in the news. Um, and this uh, tweet is coming from Andy Pag at Andy, but shorter, all one word on Twitter. And he says, uh, hi, hi, Peter Vicenez. Did you submit a $16 billion claim in the Mount Gox civil rehabilitation? 0.3% of Japanese GDP. Looks like this was done purposefully just to block any creditor payouts. Care to clarify how this claim is justified? So, yeah, uh, Mount Gox had just, you know, uh, completed a whole bunch of uh, sales last year of uh, Bitcoin and uh, Bcash. Um, and then they stopped and everybody was speculating that it's it's the thing that caused the market crash um, in uh, starting in mid-December of uh, year before last, 2017. And, you know, and we, we went through all that and then everything quieted down and it looked like Mt. Gox was, was going to be able to, you know, pay out all of its creditors with the money that they had made. And they were possibly going to give some of the, uh, directly some of the Bitcoin back. You know, it, it's really confusing. Everything about Mt. Gox has always been confusing. Nobody can seem to really get a hold of what's going on. Well, now this Peter Vicenez at V-E-S-S-E-N-E-S on Twitter. It looks like he's made a claim of $16 billion in the civil rehabilitation. And if this is, if, if it's true, it seems like uh, with that amount of money, right? I mean, like uh, Andy Pag says, 3.3% of the Japanese gross domestic product, that would pretty much block any of the creditors that were expecting to get their money back out of Mt. Gox uh, to get it. Because until this this massive wall that, that Peter Vicenez 
may or may not have put up. I'm we're we're not sure yet, but if he did, then you know that's man, that's a shitty thing to do. So um yeah, so there's that. So anybody who had their, you know, hopes up in getting uh made whole by the whole Mount Gox thing, you may have to wait even longer, uh, depending on on how this thing shake uh shakes out. Next up into the stack is yeah, okay, Satoshi Roundtable. Let's talk about this a little bit. Um Satoshi Roundtable's been been around, ha ha ha, uh for a long time. And it's a private gathering of of people. It's invite only and the whole ball of wax. And people have been and you know, and I mean I'm not I'm not thrilled to death about private gatherings, but hey man, it's their gig, dude. You know, what are we, you know, what are you going to do? You can't force them to invite you. I mean, you know, you, you, you kind of can't. Um, and so we can bitch and we can moan and we can cry all we want. But in the end, if a whole bunch of people want to get together on a beach in Mexico or Acapulco or wherever the hell it is that they go, um, uh, then, you know, that that's up to them. And they can invite whoever the hell they want. But one of the things that everybody got into a snit about is this, this whole thing that's, I, I don't know if it started with Wayne Vaughn, but it's for me, it started with Wayne Vaughn in a tweet that he had. Uh, it, it's at Wayne Vaughn, all one word discussion at Satoshi Roundtable this morning. Lightning will suppress tax fees. What about the Bitcoin fee market? Well, we might have to introduce a low inflation rate to Bitcoin once the block reward gets too low. And as you can imagine, the shit hit the fan all over the place. And that whole discussion of the even a potential inflation rate, uh, as you can imagine, that's not that's not sitting well. And it's come back to kind of haunt the Satoshi Roundtable because the thing was posited there, right? This whole uh, thought of inflation was was posited there. But it's not the first place it's ever been discussed. People have been talking about the inflation rate and what happens when the halving gets too low, that minor rewards just aren't there, and then the miners pack up shop, you know, and take their football and go home. And which isn't really a concern for another 20 years. Um, but it could be a concern tomorrow if the, if Bitcoin were to crash to, I don't know, a buck or something like that, then a lot of miners clearly aren't going to be able to pay the electric bill, which kind of has you wondering, well, who the hell was mining when Bitcoin was a hundred bucks? I mean, the, the whole difficulty, uh, retargeting, that's what it's there for. If it goes, if it crashes to fifty bucks, do you think that all mining will stop? No, not all mining. A lot of mining will stop, and then the chain will be more unsecure than it is right now. And we don't know what'll happen, but we do know what happened when it was, you know, when it crashed from uh, thirteen hundred bucks to what was it, a hundred? The chain wasn't attacked, and it it made news not like Bitcoin makes news now, 
But in, in either event, with all that shit aside, this has come back to uh, really slap the guys that that do Satoshi Satoshi's roundtable in the face. <clears throat> so Francis Pouliot, I can't never Francis. I'm sorry that I cannot pronounce your name. I believe it's Pouliot. I I hope that that's correct. And uh, he tweeted a kind of against. Uh, he he basically retweeted Wayne Vaughn's tweet and said about it, literally just one person who everyone I talk to disagrees with vehemently. This is not a thing whatsoever. Issue closed. If Francis is, I, I think he, he's either one of the organizers of SR or, or certainly, you know, he certainly gets, gets the invites to go. Um, and what, you know, and he makes a lot of sense. If it's really just one person that brought it up in, you know, in the presence of some other people at Satoshi's roundtable, I can guarantee you most of the cats over at, at SR are probably going to be going. We'll probably look at that dude and say, "All you're going to do is generate a hard fork," because that's all that's going to happen. If somebody, if if enough people get into a snit enough and say, "Hey, we've got to you know introduce um, and some kind of you know point, you know half a percent to one percent inflation rate." on the Bitcoin blockchain, that won't ever happen. The only way that that will happen is that those people will say, okay, well, like everybody else that got their panties in a wad, we're going to make our own damn hard fork, and then we'll watch it die like we've seen all the other ones die. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to care about an inflation rate, you know, adjustment, you know, blockchain. But then again, you know, to be fair, I haven't sold... I don't think I've sold. I don't think I've been able to sell Bitcoin Gold, or I don't know if I got a hold of B Diamond. I'm not sure because it's so confusing that I'm. I'm I just I don't feel it necessary to go all through the motions to try to gather up coins on shit forks and then try to sell them or you know convert them into more actual Bitcoin. And if I end up with coins from inflation Bitcoin coin then I'm probably going to do the same thing. I'm just not going to care. And at one point or another, I think somebody's going to come up with a website that says, hey, what was your what was a public key for your wallet um, as of this date? And then it will show you all the coins that, that you could go get if you so chose. And it'll be all in one website, all in one shot, all on one screen. And if you choose to, to you know, do that kind of thing, you're kind of playing with fire, but in either event, this whole inflation argument is just going to end up in either nothing happening or it's going to end up in a hard fork or multiple hard forks, but it's not going to be introduced into Bitcoin. So really, I, I think this there's not a lot of there there and there's not a lot of here here and it's just a big nothing burger there or here whatever in either event let's let's move on because inflation is not going to happen on the on the actual bitcoin chain oh yeah 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 quadriga cx uh, i covered it i think the last time or the uh, or the pod before that but uh what i didn't what i didn't know at the time is that apparently the founder of quadriga the exchange that cannot find their the keys to their cold wallet storage uh, to the tune of something like $130 million? What is it like? I can't remember. It's, it's quite a bit of cash that they, or quite a bit of 
coin coins that are locked up in cold wallets that apparently only the founder had and the founder apparently died and from what i understand he died of crohn's disease which is like irritable bowel syndrome times 10 something like that and while crohn's disease is a very serious issue after looking into it hardly anybody dies from it they used to a long time ago but now with uh proper treatment while it's still, and forgive me, a pain in the ass, it's not generally lethal. And I think the number that I saw was somewhere between 0.3% to 3% of the people that have Crohn's disease die from complications due to Crohn's disease. Now, that's not definitive. I mean, I didn't, I, you know, it's not like I went down to the library and pulled out like 50,000 books or something like that. But from the cursory examination that, that I was able to get, it doesn't seem very likely that somebody's going to die of Crohn's, which isn't pretty, pretty much going to help the uh, narrative that this dude's faked his own death, still has the keys, blah, blah, blah. So um, let's, let me get into uh, this Bitcoinist.com article from Emilio Janus. Yeah, Emilio Janus. And this is from February, a couple of days ago, February the 4th, 2019. Um, recap, Quadriga CX is Canada's large, Canada's, oh my God. Oh God, I'm going to, I am so going to get smacked for that. And I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame you good Canadians for, for smacking me for saying Canada. That's, I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. Let me start over. Quadriga CX is Canada's largest cryptocurrency exchange, although it has just filed for creditor protection following months of transaction delays. Customers are naturally concerned about their funds, as all assets are temporarily frozen, supposedly. Problems for the company started in January 2018 when the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, froze $26 million in Canadian dollars in assets, According to the bank, uh, 67 Canadian dollars, or 67 million Canadian dollars worth of transactions wrongly ended up in the payment processor Custodian Inc. personal account. This legal action dragged on until 3rd of December 2018 when a judge ordered the release of the funds. Well, December then saw a string of promises from Quadriga that the money was coming following confirmation on Christmas Day that they had received the funds, followed by more promises. Then the announcement on 14th of January 2019 that their CEO, Gerald Cotton, had died in India on the 9th of December 2018. And let's see, dead men keep private secret keys. Unfortunately, explained Quadriga, and Cotton's wife, Jennifer Robertson, the $250 million USD worth of cryptocurrency of customer funds is stored in cold wallets and not recoverable as only her dead husband knew the private keys. Naturally, the tinfoil hat brigade didn't believe this and even suggested that Mr. Cotton was perhaps not entirely dead. It is claimed that he died of complications surrounding Crohn's disease while working at an orphanage. Even Jesse Powell of Kraken questioned the legitimacy of the story and offered to help the police with any inquiries. Dead men don't move funds. 
When the internet gets to work, the internet gets to work. Several sleuths posted evidence of discrepancies in the official line. On Reddit, someone claimed to have found Cordiga's Litecoin cold wallet address and that funds were being moved out. Commenters were eager to see this as proof of death was just an exit scam until somebody pointed out that it was at least equally likely that the person who had taken control of the keys simply didn't want to share the funds. A separate investigation into the company's Bitcoin holdings suggested that there were no cold wallet reserves. It identified several discrepancies in the official story and said that Quadriga CX does not appear to have lost control of their Bitcoin holdings. The investigation also claimed to prove that Quadriga ran a fractional reserve, to which the internet replied, meh, probably, but some of your assumptions are questionable. It's likely to be some time before we know anything for sure. And yeah, you can be sure of that. Uh, not a lot to say about that because we don't know anything. Uh, this is going to be like a mini, a mini tiny itty bitty Mount Gox issue. Um, who knows when this is going to get cleared up, if it ever gets cleared up. Who knows if the guy is dead, if he's not dead. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's really kind of weird to die of Crohn's disease but he was in India, right? I mean, he may not have had, maybe he ran out of medications. Maybe he wasn't, uh, wasn't able to eat food that would not irritate uh, the Crohn's disease because this is a, a digestive issue like uh, for, uh, in small, uh, I believe it's centered around um, an, autoimmune, uh, an autoimmune problem in your small intestine. Uh, which is not 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 good. It could be true. It's just that it's it's uh, it's sort of unlikely in today's world with proper treatment. But again, like I said, you're in a, if you're in a foreign country, especially a country that doesn't have a lot of Crohn's disease, you're, you know, someplace like India is going to be probably going to be pretty hard to find food that won't upset um, <clears throat> that won't upset your. Crohn's disease. So there is that. Uh, moving on up the stack, um, <clears throat> there is a, a, okay. This is an update to the Quadriga CX case and Box Mining at Box Mining uh, released the following tweet that says Quadriga CX case update. Co founder Michael Patron has been using a fake name. His real name is Omar Danari. I'm sorry, Dana, Danani. Sorry, yeah, D H A N A N I. Danani, probably the most reasonable way to pronounce it. His real name was Omar Danani, who was convicted of fraud. Who would have guessed? Operating an online marketplace for identity theft. Who would have guessed? In the United States, and was released in 2007. Identity, not Safu. Yeah, so, my God, this is, the Quadriga story is probably going to be a dumpster fire for a long time, so it'll, it'll be fun to watch. Unless you had your funds on Quadriga. Again, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. If your keys are going to be held by a dead man, then you better be able to commune with the freaking spirits to get those keys back, because if you didn't have your keys... Hey, you ain't ever getting your keys back. Don't ever, 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 ever give your keys away. If you buy money 
on Coinbase or whatever. Um, my favorite is buying it on Cash App. I haven't bought a single Satoshi from Coinbase since I got my Cash App. Um, but still, even then, if I leave it on Cash App, and I've got like 100 bucks on in, in Bitcoin on Cash App right now, um, th- I'm taking that risk because that's not my Bitcoin. That is Jack's Bitcoin right now. And so, you know, again, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Follow what Andreas Antonopoulos says about that. If you don't know what he's talking about, then please just Google Andreas Antonopoulos and let Google spell correct for you. And then once you've got the proper spelling, put it back into Google and in, in quotes say, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. And you'll probably come up with three or four videos where Andreas is talking about exactly what that means. Please go listen to it. All right. Here we are. Uh, we're going to get into, I'm going to leave the morning roundup because uh, I'm at the top of my stack. And we're going to go into a little bit of torch bearing. Bear with me. Welcome to the chain. I think hashtag should be LN Trust Chain. That was a tweet done on January 22nd by Hodelnot at H-O-D-L-O-N-A-U-T. Might want to remember that name because he's the one that created the trust chain. Okay, so what happened? <laughs> I reached out to Hodelnot and uh, I, I uh, asked for the very, very, very first tweet that uh, started this whole thing. And if you don't know why it's important, then um, you've been camping out in the wilderness for a while. Uh, because what happened last night or yesterday afternoon for, for me in Central Standard Time, which is UTC minus six for those of you that use that time code, um, at about 3.02 uh, Central Standard Time, uh, Jack of Twitter fame, because he's the, you know, the CEO of that. And I, you know, I believe he's the CEO of Cash App, certainly owned by him, both of these companies. Um, Jack tweeted a uh, lightning invoice uh, to accept the torch, which means that Jack is now not only a Bitcoiner, he is firmly adept at um, lightning. Well, maybe not firmly adept, um, that's, that assumes quite a bit, but he's a, adept enough to be able to have a lightning wallet, have a node and, or, or figure out how to use somebody else's node and be able to generate an invoice so that, uh, Matt Odell could send him the torch that was created by Hodelnot. And so I want to look at, uh, the original tweet that Hodelnot sent me that started started off this whole thing so that we can start from the beginning. Now, I'm not going to cover everything about the torch today. I just I want I want to follow this particular story for reasons. And I'm not going to say, "Oh, well, in one podcast we're just going to cover the whole damn thing because it's gotten too big, it's too long, and it's fascinating." of what one guy did in the community 
and how it propagated all the way to the CEO of Twitter taking the torch. So here's the original tweet that Hodelnot sent, and he sent this 19, uh, January 19th of 2019, 1919. Good date, like that. He says, some LN fun. I send 100,000 Satoshis with Tippin.me to the first person I choose to trust that replies to this. That person adds 10,000 Satoshis and sends 110,000 Satoshis to someone either from reply to a new tweet or this thread and so on. How many Satoshis before it breaks? And then he gives his, uh, his tip and me uh, address here. Um, to get, or, or not his address, but the, uh, the tip and me websites address. And the very next uh, thing about that, is, or very next tweet from that was, the chain is in motion. At Fartface2000 has received 100,000 sats and will send 110,000 to the first one he chooses to trust who responds to him. Okay, now at this point, the, the thing hasn't been named. And that's one of the reasons why uh, uh, we're going to be, we're, we're talking about this. Uh, I wanted to, I started this bit off with uh, Hodelnot's tweet, Welcome to the Chain, uh, and then, then like got hashtag LN Trust Chain uh, going. So this thing's been starting to be called the torch, passing the torch, passing the torch of lightning. I mean, that's the way that I see it. I don't, I don't see a torch of, with fire coming out the top of it. I see a torch that's got a bunch of lightning bolts that are kind of fizzling on the, you know, at the top, just like, like, like sparking out and stuff like that. And then each person, uh, trades it adds 10 or for each per, like if I accept the torch, um, then I have to add 10, uh, 10,000 Satoshis to that, have a, uh, somebody generate an invoice to be able to accept that torch. And then I pass the torch on to them, rinse and repeat. This thing's been going on, has been passed and passed and passed and passed since January 19th, 2019. And yesterday at 3.02 Central Standard Time, Jack took the torch from Matt O'Dell at Matt underscore O-D-E-L-L and because he uh, Matt tweeted out, yo, at Jack, you ready to carry the torch? Send me an invoice for two million eight hundred and sixty thousand Satoshis. OK, remember, this thing started out with one hundred thousand Satoshis. Was that right? Yeah. One hundred thousand Satoshis. And um, yeah, one hundred thousand Satoshis. And every time he got passed, it added 10,000 Satoshis to it. So now we're up to an invoice that's going to take two million eight hundred and sixty thousand sats. And um, Matt had received the torch from looks like it looks like Kabaz at K-A-B-Z-J. Uh, he says, success at Matt O'Dell, you should have the torch. Okay, so Kabat, Cabs, okay, Cabs J, we'll pronounce it that way, uh, also known as Crypto Mystic, had the torch, gave it to Matt. Matt, somehow or another, was able to come up on Jack's uh, uh, radar screen on Twitter, and Jack 
produce the invoice to be able to accept the torch. And the very next uh, thing in, uh, after uh, Jack tweeted out the invoice was Matt O'Dell says, welcome to the future, hashtag LN Trust Chain. Um, now, that's where we are pretty much, you know, pretty much kind of like right as of yesterday afternoon and, and, and people are pretty much kind of focused on this. Um, I, there have been some, not some issues. There's been some things that have occurred in the history of this and that's sort of where I want to start going to. So I'm going to have for a while, I'm going to have a torch segment where we watch this thing, not only watch where it is, uh, on the day that I do the pod, but go back and start digging through some of the cool things and some of the not so cool things that have occurred on this. But overall, when you think about it, this is one of the coolest things ever. And it's not just because Jack picked up the torch. It's that this guy, Holnot, right, who I've been following for a while, um, comes up with this idea and it gains traction like a four-wheeler in mud, man. I mean, this thing just like took, just went bang right out of the gates and nothing, nothing can stop this thing right now. And um, there's there's some caveats that I believe Hodelnot has, and I'm going to dig through those and and bring them to you because if if what I understand about this is true, then this has an end game, and the end game seems pretty damn cool. Um, so watching the torch start with Hodelnot, get all the way through Matt O'Dell, go to Jack's hands, and Twitter blew the hell up, man. It blew the hell up. And it, in, in fact, I think it blew the hell up so bad that it caused a whale who doesn't like BTC to dump. And we'll get into that when we get into the daily train wreck. Um, although, before we do that, uh, I am going to read Marty's bent. And as you can imagine, Marty's going to be talking about the torch. So let's continue on with what Marty has to say about this. Marty's Bent for Wednesday, February the 6th, 2019, issue number 414. Well, that happened. And he gives the, uh, we've already talked about this, He's he gives the tweet or has a uh, the tweet pinned up from Matt O'Dell where Matt sends the torch that he got from Chris Crypto Mystic and then send it to Jack of Twitter. So we'll see what Matt has to say. He says, unless you were living under a rock yesterday, you may have noticed the founder and CEO of Twitter and Square, Jack Dorsey, took the Lightning Network torch from my co-host on Rabbit Hole Recap, Matt O'Dell. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Upon passing off the torch, Jack proceeded to go on a tweet spree responding to users with strong support for Bitcoin, an extremely resilient network while expressing disinterest in other crypto projects when asked about them. An epic day for Bitcoin Twitter and Bitcoin awareness in the mainstream. While it is nice to see that the man who built the best communication tools that humans have ever had access to has the balls to put himself out there with a principled stance on Bitcoin, let's not pat ourselves on the back too hard. A lot of uncertainties lie ahead. 
Lightning Network is still nowhere near ready for mainstream adoption or even a guarantee at this point. There are a bunch of things that need to be figured out at the protocol level to ensure long-term survival and better education for smoother onboarding into the world of digital gold is severely lacking. Yesterday was a ton of fun, and I may have scored a dope interview out of it. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Enjoy this refreshing dose of hopium in the depths of this bear market for a bit, then get back to work. And so that's going to be he he goes into a, another story. So he's off of the the uh, uh, off of the trust chain here. A huge step in the right direction. And he has linked to a tweet from Blockstream. Or if you're a BSVer or BABer, Borgstream, the evil the evil curmudgeons that seek to destroy the whatever Blockstream says regarding the recent discussion around exchange distrust. We think it's time for the industry to settle on a standard for proving Bitcoin holdings. So we've published a new open source proof of reserves tool. Don't trust verify. And they give a link to, uh, to their, their thing about that. Marty says, one of the beautiful things about Bitcoin is that it allows us to do certain things that aren't possible in the current banking system, like using cryptography to mathematically prove the amount of BTC exchanges have in their custody. Being able to prove how much BTC they have on hand at any given point in time is a great way for exchanges to give their users peace of mind. Even though I'm a strong advocate of storing your own Bitcoin, especially in the light of the potential exit scam that was pulled on Quadriga CX users recently, it is extremely encouraging to see products like these being released to the market to ensure exchange users what they bought is accounted for. It blows my mind that these proof of reserve practices aren't standard across the industry yet. This is probably a product of the fact that most of the market doesn't even know this is possible. With that in mind, let's make an effort to pressure exchanges to implement these practices across the board. It is possible, and it is a no-brainer, and it should be demanded by anyone seriously investing in Bitcoin that doesn't possess their own private keys. Seriously, seriously though, if any of you freaks are holding large amounts of Bitcoin on exchanges, I would take the time to learn about and become comfortable with storing your own private keys, or engage with a third-party service that provides multi-sig solutions. Bitcoin demands extreme ownership. It empowers the sovereign individual, but comes with risks that don't exist in the system we grew up in and are accustomed to. Final thought, my way may be one of Kanye's most underrated songs. I don't know. I don't listen to Kanye. Uh, It's just, you know... I, I grew up in a, a a different era. In either event, uh, that's your Marty's Bent for the day, and you can follow Marty Bent at Marty Bent on Twitter, and we will read another Marty's Bent when Marty Bent decides to write another Marty's Bent. Daily Trainwrecked is brought to you by Jack Dorsey of Twitter, and we'll get to him. But first, I got a tweet out there uh, that says, imagine being this angry. And unless you've been living under a rock for today and last night, then uh, you have noticed that there was a pretty pretty good plunge in the Bitcoin price. 
And I like to think, although I, I can't prove it, but I like to think that somebody got pretty pissed off about the whole Jack thing because about eight to 10 hours after Jack tweeted that, that's where we saw our first plunge. And then it just kind of tapered down. And I don't know what, what are we sitting at right now? We're sitting at 3,369 and that's the bit stamp price. Um, <laughs> I don't, like I said, I don't know if that actually happened, but it does seem kind of suspicious that Jack would bring to his God only knows how many followers on Twitter. Plus the fact that every, you know, a lot of tech magazines and, and publications are going to be picking this up. It's, it's all over the place already. Um, I can't see it going away anytime soon. So whenever he picked up the torch, I think a whale won't mention any names. I think they got butt hurt and I think they decided to like, go ahead and punch Bitcoin and put, you know, try to try to drop it down a little bit. I think all that really is going to occur there is they are at risk of losing that Bitcoin forever. If they don't buy it back at the bottom, if they don't buy their own blood. And if they do, if they if they did this to drop the price to make sure that the entire thing with uh, Jack Dorsey got kind of swamped in price news, then they're hypocrites. If and if uh, if you know who did it, kick them in the balls for me because that's just childish. Uh, so the real daily train wreck is, like I said, brought to you by Jack. Where, <laughs> oh my God, Jack says. I only have Bitcoin as a reply to a tweet to which a reply was given at Jack. Dude, I need to be able to receive incoming Bitcoin to cash app. Help me get off Coinbase for good. Where Jack says in a reply, working on it, but you'll need to keep Coinbase to buy fake Bitcoin. My reply to that is that's got to hurt like a sucker punch to the gut, followed by a groin shot while bent over in pain because Jack just kicked the living crap out of Coinbase and their product line. Not only did they, he kick the crap out of their product line and Coinbase, but he kicked the crap out of their ethics. He did. He completely kind of laid waste to what Coinbase has been doing over the years, getting into shit coinery. Sorry about it, buddy. Uh, you, Brian, um, yeah, you'll survive. You'll be fine. You'll 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 buy your your yachts. You'll name it BSV or like fake Toshi or Craig Wright or whatever it is that you're gonna do, but. Man, you're 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 swinging in the wrong direction. I need you to swing the bat towards the outfield, preferably right the the right side outfield from your perspective, because that's the sort of if you can really if you could clock the ball down the first base line, the chances of you actually being able to get a home run from that particular direction is good. But right now. It's like it's like you're swinging at the backstop. I don't know what what you're doing, but please stop. Just stop. Help all this stuff. 
Hey, Jack's helping. Matt's helping. Hodel Knot's helping. I mean, everybody's trying to help, or at least all the people that that I actually listen to are trying to help. But there's so many people that are just hell-bent on trying to crush Bitcoin, and I don't, I really don't get it. Again, let's say Bitcoin loses, and and be, let's say uh, Bitcoin Cash wins. Or let's not even say it's one of the Bitcoin family, because I don't even... I don't think any of these forks are actually part of the Bitcoin family because they stole the name. But let's say it's Monero and it wins and, and, and Bitcoin and all the forks go to zero and Monero is the champion. Until when? Un- until how long? I mean, if it took like, let's say it happens tomorrow, that means it took 10 years for Bitcoin to die. How long do you think Monero is going to take to die? Five years? Let's say, let's say each of this is a half-life. Of a, a, a Bitcoin half-life. Monero dies in five years to be replaced by something that will die in two and a half years, that will be replaced by something. There's a havening effect on this until you're switching chains so frequently that you don't know where the hell to put your money. And then at one point or another, you won't put your money anywhere except the place that you've always put your money, a bank. And we'll be right back to Shitsville and we'll be right back to slavery and right back to all the crap that this thing started out to solve. And all these people that are now against it, they were along for that ride until they got greedy. And maybe it wasn't just money greed. I don't know. There's all kinds of greed. There's greed for, hey, listen to me, I'm important. There's there's greed for... Um, being able to say something and 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 have so many people believe it, but they're themselves all influencers that they make X happen. There's greed for straight up money. You know, there's there's all manner of greed, and we're just you know when we see people fall off this thing, it there you're the. I think it's a situation where whoever loses their grip, that's when greed got to them. And you can go back and, and just look at the look at the past that we've been on, and you can just see the whole damn set of train tracks from the time this thing pulled out of the station till now is strewn with the corpses of people that got greedy and lost their way. And I hope it doesn't happen with some of the best people that I know, some of the very best people that I know that I follow right now. I don't want to see that happen to them because I don't want... And I don't want to see it happen to me. Although chances chances are pretty good that that's probably not going to happen to me. Um, because, you know, reasons. I, 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 I think I'm a good guy. But then again, man, Kevin Pham. A lot of us thought he was a pretty good guy. Now look at him. He's shilling for BSV. And I mean, and he's so angry about, he's, he's angry about Jack and the whole torch thing. Uh, I don't know what Craig said about it because I, I, I've been blocked even on my alt account. I said one bad, th- I didn't even say anything bad to him on the alt account. I just asked him a question and all of a sudden I get blocked. And if you've noticed Craig Stewart Wright or whatever his middle name is, Craig S. Wright, if you look at his Twitter account through like a private channel, look at the amount of replies and likes he's getting now compared to what it used to happen. It's like, it's 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 a desert, man. You know, I mean, Roger is pissed about the Jack thing. They're all pissed about this. 
People are like, you know, so watch, watch who gets pissed about this. Those are probably the next people to fall off the train. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Anyway, so that's your daily train wrecked and the uh, train wrecked rant or daily train rant. I might actually, might actually incorporate that. Daily train wrecked goes into a daily train rant. Lots of trains around this place. I'm bringing back Terrible Joke Corner because I saw a terrible joke. This one is brought to you by at Bad Joke Cat on Twitter. I saw a cougar in leopard print tights driving a Jaguar. No lion. That's pretty bad. Clearly, lion is spelled L-I-O-N, but I, I I think you got it. Good bad jokes are are able to transcend. I don't know. There's something about this one especially because you know there's a difference between the spelling of of lion and lying, and it 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 hinges on the fact that most people when they say you're lying, they don't say you're lying. They don't take the time to pronounce that. They just say you're lying. So the bad joke here, the punchline, depends on this cultural knowledge, at least in the West, that people will have a tendency not to pronounce the G in lying. So, you know, bad jokes work on on with with a whole bunch of different mechanics. And that's one of my favorite mechanics is that it it, it uses pronunciation and the knowledge it it it, it it seats itself squarely in this knowledge that you know the majority of the people don't say lying, they say lion, which sounds just like lion, which is the punchline to the joke. Anyway, enough about bad joke mechanics. Uh, it's going to be it for your daily joke or your uh, terrible joke corner. Okay, before I let you guys go, um, I do want to reiterate that the um, LN Trust Chain hashtag, I'm going to be following this one, um, like I said, until it reaches its logical conclusion. And from what I understand, but I need to look into it much more deeply, from what I understand, this thing was built with a logical conclusion in mind. And that conclusion, I won't talk about it right now, um, is a is a good ethical conclusion. And on the on the note of ethical conclusions, I want to read you this one of these last um, a last tweet from Hodelnot. Uh, he did this one yesterday at about 5.20 p.m. CST, which was a little over two hours after Jack made the tweet. Because clearly, Hodel Knot has just been inundated with um, with all kinds of praise, cheers. I'm sure he's gotten his fair share of hate. Don't worry about it, Hodel. Screw those guys. But I wanted to, I wanted to illustrate um, something that I see in a lot of the Bitcoiners that don't fall off the train because of greed. And that is humility. And so yesterday, after two hours, after only two hours, Hodelnot puts up this tweet and says the following. 
Since I am getting a lot of credit for starting the LN Trust Chain, I need to shout out some other people that have helped at BAS underscore zero two for making TakeTheTorch.online his own initiative completely at Vinda RD for documenting the chain at docs.google.com spreadsheet. And then he's got a, um, a link to it. Second in this tweet, or the second tweet in this chain from Hodel Knot says at T.I. Kawamoto for the awesome video. And then he gives a link to a YouTube video at Ruben underscore Johansson and at Klaus Lovegreen for taking money out of their own pocket to keep the chain going when it got confiscated. And to everyone who has held the torch and passed it on like true LN gentlemen, thanks. I got to talk directly to Hodelmott. Dude, you represent some of the best that I've seen in, in this space, not, you know, clearly not because of just the, the creation of the idea of the uh, torch. I mean, cause that could have, that could have just as easily fallen on its face. No, it was in the face of success that you spent your time to seek out anybody that had a damn thing to do with this thing and to give their names and to share, you know, this moment, because I, this very well may be the moment. We don't know yet. We won't know forever. But if there is a moment, this is worthy of being one. And the fact that you reached out to every single one of those people that I, that you listed in your tweet that I just said is a, is a testament to humility, which is one of the things that I think I, I tweeted out. I, I retweeted this for, uh, uh, for Hodelnot and in in the uh, place where you can write in the retweet, I said, humility is one of the first best traits a Bitcoiner can possess. Ethics comes next, followed by the thickest skin the universe will ever know. I love this place. And I do because of people like Hodelnot and people like Matt O'Dell and people like Marty Bent and all the people that I follow. I mean, my God we're in the middle of something that I don't, I don't think any of us really understand what we're in the middle of. And I think when we finally do understand what the hell we're in the middle of, when the forces start pulling and pulling more and more and more and more, we're going to find out who we can hold on to that we don't spin out. Hodel Knott's one of the guys that I'm going to be holding on to. He's one of, he's one of many guys in the space that I'm going to be able to cling to because I know the dude's rock fricking solid. And I know he's rock fricking solid because he did this. He took the time to be humble in the face of all these people that were clearly giving him praise for being the, the guy. It takes a lot, man. I got a lot of respect for not just him, but a whole bunch of other people that do the same thing. Anyway, I'm going to see you guys on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.